in your wallet. After agreeing to a restructured contract with Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs get ready to host the Bears on Sunday. DraftKings line as the Chiefs by 13. Cubs begin the day tied for the final wild card spot. They host the Pirates tonight, hoping to snap a five-game losing streak with Javier Assad on the mound. The two spring football leagues may soon become one, as the USFL and XFL are reportedly closing in on an agreement to merge operations. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Tuesday get two for one on the best wings in town. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Hour number two, welcome back, Miller and Con, the Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Bottom of the hour, thereabouts, Matt Postens, Heartland College Sports. We'll get a uh, snapshot of the Big 12 with uh, Matt Postens coming up here. Trends plays of the day still to come. That music means time to talk some baseball. Every Tuesday we do with our friend Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, Trent, and Ken. Playoff races in a second. I want to get to a Bush Stadium last night. Mm. Pretty special moment for Adam Wainwright. Uh, look, he's not the same guy that he was. He was stuck around. He wanted to get to 200. For a while there, it looked like there's no way in hell that he's going to be able to find a way or his team uh, to win a couple more games. Got 199 in his uh, last start. 200 last night came in a in a dominant pitching performance. A real pitch pitcher's duel against that brew crew last night pretty special moment for adam wainwright in a year where cardinal fans haven't had a lot of special moments yeah absolutely i mean credit to him for putting it all together we i mean we we discussed on this show how it just looked like it was not going to happen the team was not that good they weren't giving him run support when he did pitch well there were so many games when he got knocked around the yard so much and then to start September, they they slotted him in the in at Atlanta against the Braves. It's like, geez, man, it goes out and gets knocked around. <laughs> right. Then it's the Orioles. Like, okay, come on. They, what, and, but then he goes out and he gets the win against the Orioles. He had to gut through the fifth inning, by the way, in that one, yeah. which obviously you need the five innings just to get the win. But then last night there wasn't really much question uh, on his outing, at least. But, you know, only the one run in support, so it kind of went down to the wire. But – he he put it together for the last two starts against two very good teams. So credit to him for getting it done. I think I think it's time to say I'm hanging it up right I now. I agree. That's what I was going to ask you. Do you think now that you know this morning maybe comes to the ballpark or so whenever he gets there today and says, uh, you know what, uh, Skip, take me out of the uh, out of the rotation. I'm just going to watch the last couple of weeks. I I think that would Probably. be fitting, don't you think? You would think so. Um, but then again, I mean, it's the, the way this year has gone. There were several times that I thought, hey, he should just hang it up right now and cut the cut his losses. But um, he, he gutted it out. He got the 200 wins. They're not playing for anything else. Mm-hmm. He just threw seven shutout innings against a team that's going to win its division. Yep. So I, what matter, you know, a better swan song would be obviously like winning the World Series or something. But right. when you know that's off the table – you're not going to get a much better individual outing. So I think it seems like he should have enough awareness to look at this and be like, I might have two starts left if I stay in the rotation. Why don't I just walk away with this as my last memory? Couldn't agree with you more. Great stuff. Let's piggyback off that and the team that they beat last night, the Brewers. one nothing loss. This offense, it stinks. Hmm. 26 in baseball. All of baseball and hits. Average, 26. 28th in slugging percentage. 25th in OPS. 25th in home runs. They can't hit. 
you can't win in the playoffs without offense, right? I mean, I love that staff. I love the bullpen. But this team can't even get to an NLCS, can they, with the way they're constructed offensively, can they? You, you wouldn't think so. You really wouldn't think so. I mean, there are – Mark Canna, since they acquired him in front of the trade deadline, has been great. William Contreras can mm-hmm. really hit the ball. Yep. Willie Adamas has good power when he's on. They need Christian Yelich back. He's had that back injury. It's been bugging him. It's been over a week. I believe he's played one time. They need Yelich back. And then you hold out hope that all those guys get hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. It can happen. It just doesn't seem very likely. You need to be able to to string a few hits together, come up with a big home run. That's one thing they can do is uh, every once in a while run into a long ball. But, yeah. I mean, they're not even great at that. They don't have. Uh, Adamus is leading the team with 24. Nobody else has more than Yelich at 17. So they're not even great at that anymore. Um, yeah, they they need to, to have everybody who's capable get hot at, at the right time and, and then try to ride that rotation and bullpen. Uh, I want to ask you about, speaking of uh, run into one, Kyle Schwarber's run into 45 <laughs> That ball he hit last that night. That one last night. Oh, my yeah. God. And the reaction. Oh, and seeing the, the Ryan fans, Howard. too. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, that, that, was, that was unbelievable. But it, I saw a stat, and I don't know if it's, this, if it's that stat still in play or not, that he's got as many home runs as he's got singles. Something crazy like that. Is that, is that accurate? Uh, well, let's see. There's 45 homers. A triple is 46. 17 plus 46 that gets us to 50 uh man this is tough 63 <laughs> 63 uh and that's 107 hits 107 minus 63 is 40 One. he has more home runs isn't that home crazy <laughs> yeah more home runs than singles um are they getting their money's worth out of them I mean, he hits the ball yeah. a ton, right? Yeah. But that's what yeah. he's there for. He's never going to play yeah. a gold, never be a gold glove uh, left fielder, I, I don't think. I don't care for them batting him lead off so much. Yeah, yeah. When point. you have the 197 average and the 200 strikeouts, throw him in the five hole mm-hmm. for me. But yes, I mean, 45 home runs, he's going to have 99 RBIs. So he's going to have 45 home runs and over 100 RBIs. Uh, because he walks so much, his on base, his, uh, you know, OPS plus is on base plus slugging and then it's like basically you start at 100 and if you're below league average you have a number less than 100 if you're above you're above 500 his OPS plus is 123 so in terms of getting on base and hitting for power he's 23% better than league average that's what they're paying him to do mm-hmm. is get on base slug the ball drive in runs he's doing all that stuff so yes it's a team in the Phillies that of course made the run a year ago yep. A very slow start this year, rounding into form. They got power. They got guys that can get on base. They have the offense. They have the starting pitching. The Phillies, I mean, Dodgers-Braves, we would love to see that NLCS. But with the Dodgers and your questions about their staff, would would the Phillies yeah. be your second choice in the NL I after the Braves? I think they would be mine, Trent. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're better built for the postseason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we just talked about the Brewers and how that yeah. offense just doesn't And that's who they'll see the first round. Mm-hmm. If you look at the Phillies' offense, it could be real scary. Mm-hmm. Trey Turner, ever since he got on hot, fire. out of his mind, ridiculous. Yeah. Gorber's always scary in the playoffs. Bryce Harper has his power back. It took him a while after he came back from Tommy John surgery. He's always scary in the playoffs. <laughs> and then you're talking about JT Real Muto. He's mm-hmm. capable of so much. Uh, Castellanos. You know, Stott, Stott's having a breakout year yep. of the plate. Castellanos. 
He's been in a bit of a funk for a few months, but he is having a bounce back here in the first half. He's capable a lot. They've got so much talent in that lineup, and it's power. That's yeah. the thing about the postseason is you face so much good pitching, you really need those home runs because it's awfully hard to string together three or four or five hits. So, hey, why don't we just get a single and a bomb or something like that? Or, you know, you know, a little pitching, little defense and a three-run bomb. Hey, they're well-suited for a three-run bomb. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I, I'm with you. I think it's Brace, Phillies, maybe Dodgers uh, third in the National League. Uh, what a race it's going to be down the stretch for in both leagues, right? This wild card keeps so many uh, fan bases yeah. uh, into it, right? It's Yeah, it's football season, and when the wild card wasn't there in the past, it was you know a lot of uh, baseball fans that uh, well, we'll get it, we'll we'll come back in in the spring. Uh, wild card is is huge. Uh, I want to start with the Cubs, who are not uh, playing the way that they should be going to the playoffs. Can they cling and hold on and get one of those wild cards? Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> it looked like such a sure thing before that Diamondback series at home. Yep. And now it's, what, 8 out of 10? Yeah, 8 out of 10. Uh, you would like to think that, okay, look, they got the off day Thursday. The Diamondbacks appear to be a really bad matchup for them. They have the off day Monday now, so they've had two off days wrapped around a series. They're back home, Pirates and Rockies. This should be something like a five and one week, right? Has and to be. That alone should submit them as wild cards. If they don't, they've got nobody to blame but themselves. Um, the next week at Braves looks really tough, but I don't know how hard they're really going to be going because the one seed's all wrapped up. Um, and then at Brewers, I'm sure the Brewers would love to kick their teeth in and knock them out of the race, but they have to look out for themselves. And I assume the Central will be clinched by then, mm-hmm. which means the Brewers are going to be setting up their rotation. Um, maybe the Cubs don't have to deal with Burns and Woodruff, in which case it doesn't look like the rest of the schedule should be too difficult, even if seeing at Atlanta and at Milwaukee looks difficult. I don't think those are as hard as they look, given those circumstances. So they should be. But, uh, you know, they lost two of three to Colorado, and they barely won the one game by the skin of their teeth with that late comeback. So who knows what the way they're going right now. The one thing I would say is I think that while they had the bad start, 16 and 26, between the 16 and 26 and now having lost eight of the last 10, between that they played better baseball than everybody else except the Orioles, Braves, and Dodgers by record. They were not that good. So there was probably some evening out to be done, and maybe that's just what happened here in these last 10 games. Shohei Otani has cleared out his mm. locker. Is his days yeah. in Anaheim over? Yes. That's as simple as that. I mean, it's oh, one of the mistake. reasons that I, that I thought I was okay with them holding on to him and trying to empty out what little they had left of their farm system to begin with to go for it was – he has made it very clear he wants to play for a winner. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point it is equally as clear that they are just not going to be a winner. Yep. So uh, he's out, and I think that they need to uh, assess the situation with Trout yep. as well and say maybe we just need a clean break here with everything and start over. Cause so what will they get, a pick at the end of the first round, or is it the second round when he signs somewhere else? Oh man, it's changed with the last CBA. It I has. believe it's at the end of the first. Is it? I, I I still think it is the compensation right there. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but I could be wrong. Let Let's kind of see if we can put our uh, get our crystal ball. Where does he end up? 
Who who would be the Dodgers? F- Dodgers? Really, it, it seems like all roads are to Dodgers. It doesn't really. Right? Boy, I hope not. Yeah. Uh, um, just, they have the to reset the luxury tax mm-hmm. this year. It seems like in anticipation. He wouldn't really have to. I don't know exactly where he lives, but I assume it's in the area. He wouldn't really have to move, or even if he wants to move closer, because I hear know, he lives Anaheim in Newport Beach. Exactly Newport okay. Beach is what I'm told. Yeah, probably wouldn't have to move. No, I don't think so. No, um, th- that seems like an, a, a natural fit. Mm-hmm. There, there could be some others jumping in, though. I mean, we know the Red Sox flexing financial flexibility there. Uh, whoever goes in new with the Red Sox, it seems like John Henry. Brought in Heim Bloom because he wanted to cut payroll, and it seems like now he changed his mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So yeah, maybe they could be in a play. I, I'm sure the Yankees could possibly be in play. Um, if you want somebody off the board, maybe the Mariners. Um, yeah. They they should have a lot of money, and coming off what looks like maybe two playoff runs, uh, they would show that they're an up and comer. They've got another superstar there in Julio Rodriguez. Um, I, I, I feel like that could be a fit. Um, maybe the Cubs, but I, I don't think Jed. It, it seems like any time the spending gets higher than like the Dansby Swanson contract, Jed kind of box. So Cubs probably don't work there. Um, maybe Mets, but I, it doesn't seem like they wanted to splurge. But he's a guy we're splurging over. That's probably it. Everybody I named mm. is probably are probably the only teams that have a chance. So Sunday night NFL wraps up. I'm recapping, looking back, kind of baseball a little bit, and uh, a headline grabbed my attention: Jason Hayward yes. leads the Dodgers right. yeah. to a three game sweep of the Mariners. Yeah. He's eight of fourteen. It's not 2011. <laughs> what is going on here? Jason Hayward did he hit a little Ponce de Leon? Found the fountain of youth. What's happening? Well, it's the Dodgers, man. If he yeah. would have gone somewhere else, he probably wouldn't have been as good. Mm-hmm. They. So, so the thing that the Dodgers did, and it's what the Mets are trying to do with the David Stern hiring, and let's see how it works, is they have so much money. They can outspend almost everybody else, but there's only so much that can cover up at times. They went out and they grabbed Andrew Friedman, who is a, an absolute genius at building a farm system and putting a system in place to have players get the absolute best out of themselves. Uh, and everything they've installed there, they've thrown so much money at player development, at internal scouting, at international scouting. They're so, so, so good at that. They get a guy with the physical skills of Jason Hayward, who is still 33. is not like 38 or anything. I know he seems way older than 33. And they find a way to say, here's how we can get the best version of yourself. Um, it doesn't always work, but they've resurrected so many guys, or they've gotten the most out of guys, even like Max Muncy and Chris Taylor who looked like they were relative busts elsewhere, went over there and have thrived. Um, again, it's not fail-safe. They don't hit on everybody. But the infrastructure they have there, if you want a guy to have a breakout season, say, hey, once he goes to the Dodgers, then that's when you bet on it. Uh, I'm guessing when you do these hits, you don't get asked a lot about the Oakland A's, and I don't want to know about the team, really, but just where they're going to play next year. Have they? I think Vegas is ruled out next year. Um Will they stay in Oakland? Is that their best option? So. Is that what they're going to do? Yeah, I, okay. I think they'll stay in Oakland one more year, but I'm not positive about that. It's always possible that they could find uh, a minor league stadium in the area, a minor league stadium in the Vegas area, which it doesn't seem like they're going to be allowed to play in the AAA stadium because there's the AAA team. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, there aren't 
Gosh, no, I don't know. I, I, I think Oakland seems like the most likely path. Yeah, I think so, too. Sticking around and making that happen. See Tampa yeah. with their new stadium. Yeah. It's beautiful. Is it going to get done? Yeah, I think it will. It's been They've been arguing about it so long, and it's not until 2028 is when the plan is supposed to be, when the stadium's supposed to be ready. They've been fighting over this so long, they've never gotten over the goal line before. I don't see any reason why, now that they're finally over it, that we should be skeptical of it. If they just said, like, hey, we think this time it's going to work, yeah, I'd be like, oh, give me a break. We've heard this before. <laughs> yeah. But they've never officially unveiled like 100% official plans like this. I think this is it. Expansion candidates are also being bandied about. Manfred has talked about this plenty. Nashville, Portland, Mm -hmm. Montreal, Mm -hmm. likely will be two. Who are the two cities that you would like most, that you think would add the most here to MLB? I definitely like Portland. The the Mariners are up there on an island. They have to travel so much. It would be cool to give them like a natural rivalry Mm -hmm. there. And I know Portland's been rallying around. I think it's called like the Portland Diamond Project. They've had a website up for for years that they've been working on this. I think that's a really, really good uh, place to throw a team. The the washed-up quarterback of the Denver Broncos, uh, Russell Wilson and his (laughs) wife, uh, both they're involved apparently. Oh, are they? Yes. That's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nashville seems like a good one. I've heard San Antonio that could work. I'm sure Mainford would love to, to go international and I don't think it would be Montreal. They already, they already had a team that didn't work there. Um, Mexico city. I don't know how that would work logistically. I'm not sure about it, but man, they've got plenty of people. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. There's plenty of population there. And the elevation, it would be funny to see yeah. what kind of ballpark we ended up with oh, after the game that was there. Yeah. With, with the, where they had the hum- humidor mishap yeah. in the first game this year. Um, it's probably, it seems like Nashville and Portland are the two natural ones. I, I want to count out a San Antonio type rising up. But, it, you know, Nashville and Portland are probably the ones that make the most sense. When we talk next Tuesday, we'll get you out of here on this. They're right now the Blue Jays, Rangers, and Mariners, three teams. Essentially, they're all tied. Obviously, the Rays are going to get one, meaning there's two spots for the Blue Jays, the Rangers, and the Mariners. Next Tuesday, when we talk, which team's on the outside looking in? Rangers. I just, right. I, I don't know what that four-game sweep was in Toronto. But other than that, yeah, nor do I. Cannot count on them at all. Cannot count on the Rangers at all. All so right, the let's, Rangers will be out. Let's do the National League: the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, the Reds, the Marlins, and I guess put the Giants in because they're only two games. Now nah, yeah. let's put the Giants out of it. Let's do Diamondbacks, Cubs, Reds, Marlins. Two spots for four teams. Who's on the outside looking in next week with five days to go? Uh, can I just say the two in? Because yeah, um, I'll, I'll say Cubs and Diamondbacks Ky- are Ky- in. Are in. Yeah. Uh, it'll yeah. be good for business if the Cubs hang yes. on. Big series starts tonight, 641st pitch. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Matt, thank you, as always, for doing this. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Thank you, Matt Snyder. All right, take care. Yeah, good to talk to you. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, as we talk Major League Baseball. We'll talk about the Big 12 when we come back. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. <laughs> Trent Condon back with you. Are you a DIY landlord? Then you probably don't have much free time. Between finding tenants, filling out tax forms, repairing drywall, and answering calls about runny faucets and leaky toilets, you're not free to do much of anything. That's why you need Renner's Warehouse. When our professional landlords go to work for you, you're suddenly free to do a lot of things. Free to get a good night's sleep. Free to have dinner with your family every night. 
free to take a vacation. And free to be so efficient managing one property, you're free to acquire even more. And one step closer to financial freedom. Go to renterswarehouse.com today to book your free home rental price analysis. Or call 515-528-4429. That's 528-4429. And feel free to remember this rhyme. DIY is no way to be. Call Renner's Warehouse and your exile. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Oh, good. You may know Exile Brewing Company. Fry was number one lager, Ruthie. Exile Brewing Company also brings you Swarm Golden Ale, where 20% of the revenue is donated to the Iowa Swarm Collective, helping Iowa student-athletes. And the Swarm Collective compete in today's college environment. 20% of the revenue from sales of Swarm Gold Nail goes back to the Swarm Collective and to Hawkeye student-athletes. Exile Brewing Company. Enjoy Finandy Central. Now back to Middle and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We are with you until 1 o'clock. Trends plays of the day still to come. Uh, before we get out of here and turn things over to Murph and Andy, let's talk some uh, Big 12 uh, with Matt Postens from Heartland College Sports as we uh, get into conference play in earnest going forward. Uh, Matt joins us. Matt, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. Is it weird to you, Matt Postens, as it is to me? And I'm guessing I'm not alone uh, in this. Um, you know, when you're bouncing around, you're looking for Iowa State's next opponent or whatever a team that Iowa State will play. Just so we, when you talk about them that week, you got a, at least an idea what the team's going to do or wants to do. I just find myself... I skip right by BYU, Central Florida, Houston, and I just don't. It's just weird that they're in the conference for whatever reason. I just can't grasp it. Yeah, it takes a little time. Uh, in fact, I'm going to be in Cincinnati on Saturday for the Oklahoma nice. uh, opener for the Bearcats. So, and and then I'll be in BYU the following Friday when they play Cincinnati. So, yeah, it takes a little getting used to the. the the idea that it's 14 teams, that we've got seven or eight games this weekend, and we'll have 16 teams in the conference next year, uh, it, it takes some recalibrating of your brain, absolutely. Really does Cincinnati look like, oh, maybe they're going to surprise, and they fall to Miami of Ohio. UCF, they were flying high, and now they got an injury at the quarterback position. BYU, yeah. though, after that opener, the 14 nothing win against Sam Houston State, it was, uh-oh. Then they go down to Arkansas, down 14 nothing right away. How good can this BYU team be? I think they could be pretty good. I, you know, the the thing about BYU is typically they have a pretty mature football team, and they've got <laughs> a a very mature quarterback in Keaton Slovis. Yep. Uh, you know, when you get a new QB like him who came in from Pitt, it takes time for them to kind of get everything from a chemistry standpoint. But I thought them going into Arkansas and and beating them on their turf that was a big win for them. Not just because it. Uh, you know, it, it keeps them undefeated. But you know, going into an SEC place where that atmosphere is is very much like what they're going to encounter in other Big Twelve schools, and you know, to be able to pull off that win while maybe not playing their best football, 
uh, really just kind of shows you that they, they have the ability to be competitive with everybody in this conference this year. Yeah, no, but very few had BYU-Kansas this week as a must-watch yes. game, but it's a pretty big spot for both schools. Uh, we'll get to Kansas in a second. I want to ask you, uh, is Neil Brown off the hot seat with what West Virginia has done to start the season? Because it seemed like, you know, if there was a coach, uh, and I'm sure you got asked this question in many of the interviews you do around the country prior to the season, if there is a coach on the hot seat in the, in the conference, most people would have said Neil Brown prior to the year. Is he off it now, do you think, Matt Postens? No, I don't think that's changed at all, if okay. we're being honest. I mean, yeah, beating your rival, that's great. You know, beating Pitt is a game that it's big for West Virginia. But they're looking for success in the conference. They're looking to get to at least a bowl game this year. They're looking to be highly competitive. I, I don't think they're into, um, you know, you know, pride losses, pride losses. I can't think of the word I'm thinking of. But, uh, you moral victories. Moral there. victories, yeah, yeah. Yeah, moral victories, thank you. Uh, you got a new AD there in Ren Baker, who's already had to hire a new women's basketball coach, men's, a new yeah, men's basketball yeah. coach. But this is his first cycle with the football coach. I think for him, it's like I want to see what happens this year. And to me, if you know, even if they're 500, I think there's a chance he could get let go, just because I think they're thinking of it from the standpoint strategically over the next five years. They feel like there's a chance for them to be. Everybody in the conference feels like there's a chance for them to be the big dog in this conference with Texas and Oklahoma transitioning out. And if they don't feel like Neil Brown's the right fit, even if he has a an average year, uh, he might be out anyway. Uh, interesting point there, and, and always changing and evolving. And West Virginia, a job that in the new Big 12 can be pretty good out there, and obviously having a partner with Cincinnati I think is going to go a long, long ways. Well, here locally, of course, we saw Iowa State go on the road and have a frustrating effort against Ohio. They fall to one and two on the season. As somebody that covers the Big 12, but outside of our state borders, your thoughts on Iowa State here after following up a four and eight and looks like a difficult year here in 2023? Yeah, I think it's just, I think they're still kind of making that transition from the Purdy, Rose, Kolar era. Um, I, I, I felt like they were, I felt like they were set up better from a depth standpoint than it appears they were. Now, notwithstanding the fact that they've had some some issues in the offseason that we've kind of talked about in terms of losing some personnel for non-football reasons, but um, <clears throat> they've had to bring along a lot more depth faster than I think they were expecting. Uh, but I will say this. I, I've, I've liked what I've seen out of Beck. Uh, I think he's mm-hmm. a solid quarterback. I think he has the ability to be an above-average quarterback eventually. He's not there yet. But I think he has the ability to get there. And definitely going into the Oklahoma State game, at least from a quarterback standpoint, I feel like they're in better shape because at least they know who their quarterback is, whereas mm-hmm. Oklahoma State has absolutely no clue. <laughs> they really don't. No, they really don't. But they played three last week, something crazy like that. How did it get so bad, and, and how bad must it have been for Spencer Sanders to leave there and go ride the pine in Oxford, Mississippi? What happened there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not really sure, but I, I think part of it is Oklahoma State has been slow to embrace the transfer portal uh, uh-huh. across the board. Um, they, they've they got three QBs there that, you know, I, I saw Alan Bowman's best game as a collegiate, but that was like four years ago. Mm. And he, unfortunately, he cannot stay healthy. Uh, I'm almost to the point, and Gundy has said this week he's going to play all three, so you guys should enjoy that on Saturday. Uh, I'm to the point where, like, I would say to Mike, you know what? Your kid's playing quarterback. Every coach that I've ever spoken to in my life who has won championships and has had the chance to coach their kid at some point 
I've asked them, what's the highlight of your life as a coach? Coaching my kids. Mm. Even over the championships, for them to have the ability to coach their kids, that's like a, a big highlight for them. I'm to the point where I would just tell Mike, just play your kid. Mm-hmm. At least you'd have that memory to live on, and at least you'd make a decision. I, I don't think it really serves them well at all to start three to play three different quarterbacks because you know the old saying: if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. Yep. Well, right now they have three quarterbacks, and they definitely don't have any. Want to go to Oklahoma? Now the schedule is not exactly they have a, a gauntlet. Yeah, <laughs> Arkansas State, SMU, Tulsa. Okay, Gabriel's good. This defense, though. It's better. How much better? And how much do we really know about this squad? And maybe even we'll know going into Cincinnati this week. How much do we know about the Sooners right now? I think we know that they're going to be a contender in this conference. I think their defense has made enough progress to, to tell me that. Uh, offensively, I feel like they've been they've been playing the way they should be playing, given the opponents that they're playing. You know what I mean? Uh, they've got they had a, a definite talent tilt against all three of those teams. They played well against all three of them. Really, kind of took care of business. When you're when you're a good team like that, and you've got that kind of offense, you you really should just handle it. And I, I watched some of that Tulsa game on Saturday, and they, they handled everything. They, there there was no issue with the Golden Hurricane at all on Saturday. I think their defense still needs to make a little bit more progress, but I think they've made enough for me to say, yeah, I think they can contend in this conference. I think they could potentially get to the championship game, and I, I think they can. They can handle the vast amount of offensive weapons that are that are in this conference as we go into league play. Cincinnati, I think, will pose them some interesting challenges because uh, their QB is very mobile, can move around the pocket, can throw in the run, uh, and they've got I, they've got a really good defensive front uh, that can put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. But uh, you know, I feel like Oklahoma is going to have a good chance to walk out of there with a win on Saturday. Uh, Kansas got off to a great start last year. Wheels kind of uh, came off toward the end of the season. Well, they didn't kind of come off. They, what, they lose like seven out of eight or something ridiculous. But um, they're off to another good start. Now, as we mentioned earlier, BYU-Kansas is a pretty big spot this week. Two 3-0 and teams. Where are you on Leipold's team? Are they better this year? I think they are better this year. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, Daniels has made a lot of progress as a quarterback. I think they've got I think all the players around him that returned made progress too, and that's a big deal. When you're, it's one thing when your quarterback makes progress from one year to the next. It's a bigger deal when everything around him that he uses to be successful makes progress from one year to the next. Uh, I know that they they didn't win by a whole lot in Nevada, but Nevada's a pretty good team, and that's not an easy place to play because uh, you're you're kind of at elevation, and it's a, it's a it's a different kind of environment up there. But, you know, I feel like they've made a, a, a ton of progress on both sides of the ball to the point where I, I think they'll be – I think that, I think that game with BYU is a pick em kind of game, honestly. I, I think yeah, they're pretty evenly matched. I think it come, could come right down to the wire, and I think the team that comes out of that with a win really sets themselves up, you know, in a, in a favorable position with BYU going home, play Cincinnati, a team that I think they match up with well, and then I think Kansas goes to Texas the following week. Um, that 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 makes mm. that a really interesting game, assuming Texas beats uh, Baylor on Saturday. Mm, indeed, it does. Let me look real quick. I think you're right that that's where they uh, Kansas does go to Texas the following week. Ooh. Unbelievable! Can you imagine how big it's uh, bananas it's going to be once uh, Colorado joins? I mean, that, that media days next year. <laughs> assuming Colorado's still in the Big Twelve next year, what a what an incredible story! Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Matt, thanks for doing this as always. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Appreciate the relationship with you, Matt. Thank you. 
Hey, and thanks for the Heartland uh, Auto spot right before I came. Yeah, how about that? Yes. Own it, but nice bit of synergy on y'all's part. <laughs> Absolutely, good to hear from you. Take care. Thank All you, right. Matt Poston's Heartland College Sports. Uh, good, uh, good on you. The Colorado stuff. I mean, how good is this for uh, the big for the Big Twelve? Oh, right? it's amazing! Oh my God. This fall, Colorado Falls, you know, there was something, I think it was John O'Rand, who we both like. Yes, we do. Um, said that Colorado's brand is on par with Michigan or Ohio State this year. I'm not sure I can go there. Did you see the television numbers? It's, Trent, at 1.30 in the morning central time, there were 8.2 million people watching this game. There were over 9 million people that viewed Watched that, game that game in the late window. Yes, and at 1 o'clock in the morning, there were still over 8 million watching the game. You're not going to get that for Penn State, no, Iowa. No. You're not going to get that for Alabama for Ole Miss. anybody. This was Colorado, Colorado State. Right. The next Late night, night. The next night is on 60 Minutes. It's unlike anything we've seen before. Does the Big Ten come after him? <laughs> I mean, the Colorado, not Sanders. Well, and how long is he there? Now, he says he loves it. I've sure. heard a lot of coaches say yeah, that. I get that. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, I get Take it. it with a grain of salt. Says he loves it. Because all of a sudden, Ole Miss comes with $10 million a yeah, year. but you know what? Colorado's got some well-heeled boosters, too. They have not financially supported that team, though, no, like the SEC. Not, no, not in the past they have, but they've never had anything like this guy. And there's rumblings that Anum can find the money to get rid that. of Jimbo back to Texas. Yeah, well. Ooh. I just hope he's in the Big 12 for a few years because yeah. what a, well, what a boon. Travis Hunter would not be eligible to play next year with the new transfer rules, correct? Right. Yeah, he's only he's fallen once. Sanders would not be available. Uh-uh. So because of that, yes. he's there for another year. And you know what? Get him this year because all the big recruits are looking at Colorado. It's fun. It really is. We'll take a timeout. Well, before we do, uh, Matt Campbell met the media and who asked the question? Do you know? I was listening as we were talking, so I couldn't hear for sure. Here's the audio, just a small clip here. Matt Campbell on the incident with the fan. Any additional context you can offer regarding the interaction with the fan on Saturday and, and your reaction to what happened there, I guess? No. I, I mean, you know, I think motion got the best of me, and at the end of the day, I'm not perfect, so, you know, got to have a better response from my end. Well, somebody asked a question. I've got to give him credit for doing that. Um, yeah, I guess that's. I mean, I'm, I don't know what you want to hear from him, yeah. right? I, I thought maybe a little contrition, but he said, "Most you got the best of them." The um, response I anticipated. Yeah, yeah. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. Trent's plays of the day. They're coming up next. Circus Sports sponsors those. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.5. By Pfizer. You may know Exile Brewing Company for Iowa's number one lager, Ruthie. Exile Brewing Company also brings you Swarm Golden Ale, where 20% of the revenue is donated to the Iowa Swarm Collective, helping Iowa student-athletes. And the Swarm Collective compete in today's college environment. 20% of the revenue from sales of Swarm Gold Nail goes back to the Swarm Collective and to Hawkeye student-athletes. Exile Brewing Company. Enjoy your exile.
Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, final couple of minutes on a Tuesday, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KX and Omer Fernandi coming up the drive with Heather and Sean. Iowa State Coaches Show tonight, I believe 630 uh, is when it uh, begins right here on 106.3 KX and Plays of the day, Trent Condon baseball, I'm assuming. Yeah, we got four of them here this afternoon. No, evening. Well, a couple of games starting at 540. We kick things off with my Minnesota Twins. We're going to fade them tonight. Carlos Correa heard a pop in his heel. Yeah, brutal. That's bad news. Have we heard how long he's going to be? Nothing yet. I'd anticipate as the media gets their way in, the Dan Hayes of the world, that we will find out more there. Because defensively, he's had a really good year. Yes. Offensively, not so much. much. Plus 125 with the Reds as they're going with an opener here in this one. Pick number two, Miami, a heartbreaker last night for the Marlins against the Mets. They get right. We'll take Miami minus 149. Give me the Phillies against Spencer Strider tonight. Plus 185. Mm. We talked a lot with Matt Snyder about this Philly squad. Love the price. Plus 185. And make sure you shop around uh, to get the best price on that one. And finally, TBS has that one, by the way. That's the national game. We will... Get the Brewers in a bounce-back effort here. Yeah. Just minus 110 is all. Good mm-hmm. price on the Brew Crew. Minus 110 with the Brewers. Brewers, Phillies, Marlins, Reds, a four-pack, just like your four-pack, a swarm that's going with you, along Ooh, with the case. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, looked after here today. Yes. Santa arrived in the form of R.J. Tercy. Appreciated that. I appreciate all of you listening in to us here this morning. Uh, we're here every day, Monday through Friday from 11 to 1. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO.